everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naked Humanity podcast, where we take a deep dive and try to figure out what it means to be human in the modern world. Today is episode number 51X, and I am addressing a listener question about religious truth. This is a very exciting podcast I have for you today. This content is really important, I think probably to all of us. And we talk about it often in the public, but with way less nuance than it deserves. And it's the idea of can religion be true? In what ways can religion be true? And I mean specifically your beliefs about what's going on. Now, can you actually define a religion by its beliefs? That's a very controversial question. We tend to overstate the importance of belief in the West, quote West, because uh, we come from this long tradition of assenting to a certain set of belief propositions in order to be saved, right? You must believe in X to be saved. You must believe in Y, these different interpretations of the Bible and, and things. So that's our history. Beliefs are super important to us. Believe it or not, in other parts of the world, beliefs are much less important. Uh, people agonize over them less. Uh, they are less worried about the particularities of belonging to this belief or that belief, um, but rather they can sort of exist more in a collective or more in a soup of different options or are just less important for uh, your salvation or your ethics or whatever, because the more important thing is maybe uh, your ritual or uh, your behavior, uh, your connectedness, that sort of stuff. But we have to talk about belief because it's so it's so important to us, uh, and so important to obviously um, perhaps everybody in in their own ways. So I'm really excited about this. I uh, therefore am just I'm going to jump I'm going to jump into the question. Uh, this question comes from a, a woman named Sarah. Uh, she wrote to me on Instagram and said, "Stephanie!" Exclamation point. Hi, I'm a big fan of the Well-Fed Women podcast, which is a podcast I uh, occasionally co-host. I haven't listened to your new podcast yet. Hopefully this episode uh, will make it to your list. But I was just watching your most recent video on how religion can bring us peace to different difficult questions. My faith is also a big part of my life. But I was wondering what your view in absolute truth was. For example, do you believe that there is only one true belief of what can happen to us or about who the true God is? Or do you believe that multiple beliefs can coexist? So the question is, you know, is there only one, is only one religion true? Can multiple religions be true at the same time? In what way can they be true? Uh, and I have uh, done a lot of thinking about this and it's really important. And like I said, I think in culture, we tend to radically oversimplify. We're like religion or science, uh, but it's, it's really, it's really not, uh, not about that. So I'll start with a little bit of history and then I'll talk about options that you have for believing in, in different kinds of things. Uh, so first, uh, I think it's important to know that as humans and regular listeners are uh, pretty used to hearing me talk about this sort of thing, as humans in our history, it was very natural for us to inherit, inherit a narrative about the cosmos, about the world, about how everything came to be, uh, and to believe it. Now, of course, within our communities, people People would have disagreed about this in, in various ways, but generally speaking, there, there was one story and that was just it. And that was the natural way of doing things for many, many, many thousands of years. 
And it wasn't until very recently, and I say very recently, maybe in the last 10,000 years, right? When uh, humans began to settle down into agricultural settlements and urban centers and develop cities and really develop uh, belief systems around these very hierarchical growing societies. You know, that's, that was a very important turning point in uh, human experience and religion specifically. So when this happened, there was a, a pluralization and there were so many people that you had to sort of figure out how to like live next to somebody else. And the very natural thing to do uh, after some time was to either think that this other groups believe like they had different gods and, and that was cool or they had different gods and that was not, you know, those are the two options. And that was not cool. When in the West there developed this idea that there was just one God, all of a sudden you couldn't have your tribe's God and other tribes, gods that had their own different stories. You either had the true belief or not. Right. Which is just very, very interesting. And all of a sudden we have this, this conflict of, well, who's right about stuff. And then, you know, a few thousand, about a thousand years later, we developed this uh, way of investigating the world that we now call science, which basically means um, collecting observations. You know, science is a sophisticated, large scale effort to just like look at stuff and measure it and measure it again and again and again, and come up with theories that are coherent and can explain many of these things happening at the same time that science. So we nowadays are reasonably confident that the things that we find in science are true. Now, obviously this is very complicated. I feel like I say that sentence a lot. No, obviously this is very complicated. And nowadays we're reasonably confident that the things that we discover in science are more or less true. The reason we have confidence in this as a society is because these are the insights that we feel inclined to believe because they, they can we can touch them and feel them and, and verify them, all of us together as a world community, right? You can smash some atoms in Texas and you can smash some atoms uh, in China and they're going to come up with the same result. And so science is in a sense a, a universal language like that. Now we know that science is imperfect, right? But there is a sense in which we can all agree on the precepts. And, you know, we once had these narratives and these stories and these myths and science sort of began to push back on things that we sort of just assumed were possible, like miracles. Science doesn't rule out miracles, you know, but it does push back on the idea. And so now we live in a world in which instead of defaulting to this narrative being true and God being true and X, Y, and Z being true, we default to science being true and, and we share that with one another. And so there this arises the question of where does religious belief fit into this picture? And can, can it be coherent with, with science and can it be coherent with other religious beliefs? Now that we know that there are so many options and they're all, at least we get a sense that they're all competing against science. Okay. Are you with me? In summary, we have a long history of believing the narratives that were told, but societies got really complex. Now there are a bunch of narratives and we also have science 
and we share science and we want to trust science, but we don't know how to fit all these belief things together. Now, in the modern world, people tend to radically oversimplify things and say religion is irrational and beyond rationality. And uh, maybe some people think it's stupid and science is like intellectually rigorous and smart. Uh, but that's a, that's a radical oversimplification that just like literally doesn't hold uh, in the world um, because there there is a lot to science. Um, one, it doesn't actually disprove that which is supernatural, right? Science evaluates the world as we see it and uh, cannot touch anything that may be beyond that. Now, the assumption in science is there is nothing beyond that. There is only that which we can test. Uh, it's not entirely unfair, but it doesn't rule out the other stuff, you know, and it doesn't rule out radical changes to that order being made by something outside of that system. But the burden of, of proving a miracle, technically in a philosophical sense, would come from the people who believe in it because uh, the burden of proof lies on the person who is making a statement, right? If I say it's raining outside, my friends are like, no, it's not. It's, it's my job to, to prove that it's raining, right? It's not their job to prove that it's not. And so from a scientific and philosophical perspective, if you believe in miracles, it's kind of your job to prove why that's, why that's a thing. Um, but science still doesn't, doesn't rule it out. Science, of course, will never, probably never address why things exist in the first place. You know, Big Bang is fine, but that still doesn't account for the fact that matter exists. Now there's an argument. You could say, well, you know, if God created the universe and who created God, yeah, it's a, it's a very fair point, right? But um, stuff exists and we are really driven to account for it. And science doesn't do any better of a job than religion, actually uh, worse, um, I think. Um, so there are, there are limitations to science. And that's really important for us to understand because it means that having some kind of belief or hope or ideas about uh, say what happens when you die or why the universe exists is not wrong. It's not scientifically illegitimate. It's not stupid, you know? It's just, it's just a fact. And that's something that we need to be very cognizant of because we have this huge divide between religion and science, but we really, really shouldn't. Okay, so knowing that these are limits, knowing that this is sort of how we're approaching truth, we want to trust science, but we also... Uh, know that there are limits. You know, we know that science evolves. We know that historically, you know, all the scientific facts, ideas that we have right now have, re are, have replaced ones that were worse in the past. And so like, there's a very, very, very good chance that everything we believe scientifically right now will be refined or replaced in the future, you know, and, and how long will that go on? We, we honestly, we don't know. So it's not, again, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Actually, I think it's probably quite likely that as it stands, our current scientific worldview is quite limited. And just because we're in this position, we actually have no way of truly comprehending how different things could, you know, will end up turning to be. Uh, we, we honestly, we have no idea. So that's important. Now to the crux of Sarah's question. That was all lead up. Sarah asked, can multiple religions be true at the same time? Can multiple beliefs be true at the same time? And for the record, I'll just throw in there, can they be coherent with science? Because I do think it is very important that all of our beliefs are coherent with science. You know, again, science has limits, but we're like observing and testing rigorously. And if you're going to dismiss a scientific theory, I think you have to learn it first. 
you know, that's very, very important. I meet a lot of people are like, well, I don't really, I don't really think evolution is true. I'm like, have you studied it? And they're like, no, okay, study it and then come back to me, you know, and we can have an enlightened conversation about, you know, pros and cons or coherences with various theories and, and all that sort of thing. So uh, can multiple religions be true? <laughs> Returning to Sarah's question again. I think there are four options more or less. I could probably refine the list if, if I uh, spent a rigorous amount of time thinking about it. There are four options for your religious beliefs, for your beliefs that are sort of built on top of this scientific lattice. You know, One is to think you're right and everybody else is wrong. I think that that's a uh, you know, it's pretty obvious. I think a ton of people in the world think like this. I have many friends who think like this. Um, we respectfully, kindly disagree. Uh, and it, it works out. <laughs> uh, but one perspective is to think, yes, I have a religious belief. I think uh, Jesus was the savior, or I think God appeared to Moses in this particular way, or I think Muhammad did this, or I think Buddha did that, whatever, you know, I have this particular belief and the other stories are just stories are just wrong. Uh, that's one thing you can do. I don't like this option. I think when you take a step back and look at all of the so many various belief systems that have existed throughout existence, you know, throughout uh, human societies, there are, there are so many and Everybody uh, born within particular systems or, you know, many, many people born within particular systems um, swear by the truth of those, you know? And so how do you adjudicate? Somebody says, well, I feel very strongly this in Buddhism. And somebody says, well, I feel very strongly that in Islam, you know, who, who do you believe? There is an abundance of evidence and there are tons of stories of various kinds of religious experiences in all the different religions. So if you are going to think that your belief is right and everybody else is wrong, fine. But you have to understand the um, philosophers, we would call it the epistemological move that you're making. You know, you have to understand that you are embedded within a particular religious tradition. You were maybe born into it or you converted to it um, and it appealed to you for certain reasons, you know, and you, maybe you had very powerful experiences, fine. Um, and other people have the same thing with the same amount of legitimacy in other frameworks. And I think that's very important to hold if you're going to take this perspective. Second, uh, you can interpret your religious beliefs symbolically. Okay, so here's one example, right? Jesus uh, died and then rose again, right? You can think that that is literally true, or you can think that that is is symbolic. You know, there is something sacred going on, but we tell this story about Jesus returning to life for particular reasons, you know, that gesture towards uh, why reinventing yourself is important. Say, for example, why it's important to let certain parts of yourself die and feel as though you are reborn, right? This is sort of like the story of phoenixes and ashes. That is one symbolic way of relating to your religious upbringing, your religious narratives, your religious beliefs. And there are tons and tons of books on that sort of thing that I can point you to. Um, although not enough, you know, I think that that's a, a branch that definitely merits more attention, you know, so that's option number two, interpret symbolically. 
Um, the third option uh, is, I think, I like this option. Uh, the third option is thinking that there is some sort of ultimate reality of your, the flavor of which is you're choosing. Maybe it's love, maybe it's a creator, maybe it's nothingness uh, beyond what we see or experience. And every religious tradition points to it in its own particular context and way. You know, many people have said throughout history, God or ultimate reality uh, appears to people in their own way, in their own guise, in their own perception. This is something that's really important to think about, you know, like Jesus is white in the West, generally speaking, right, has been for a while. And this has something to do with, yes, whitewashing religion and, and taking a religious figure and making it like your group you know, all, the, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but Jesus appears in so many different colors and shapes and forms. Jesus is blue in, in some parts of India. So there is a very real possibility that all religious traditions have a context. You know, they are embedded in a culture and the sacredness of the world is sort of lived through in, in the particular context and people are all connecting with this in their own specific way. I like this view, you know, um, philosophically people have identified problems with having it, you know, sort of like you're glazing over the differences between groups and you're sort of making other people's groups, other people like you, you know, you're sort of making people seem more similar to you to try to accommodate your worldview. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily ultimately a, a problem if you just want to take a really big step back and be like, look, we don't know what's going on, or maybe we have a decent idea of what's going on, or I think I know what's going on, but I think that all of us are sort of gesturing towards the same reality. And this is probably the best way to be to have a religious belief that is true, that you experience as true, and also acknowledge the legitimacy of other beliefs. Um, finally, this one is not all, the fourth option is not altogether dissimilar from the third, and that is that you can sort of think that there is some grand mystery and we don't really know. I think my idea is a pretty good guess. You know, I like my idea, I'm living my idea, but I'm not going to absolutely rule out other people because in the end, you know, God is supposedly so great and so large and so mysterious. And, you know, if you are embedded within the Christian tradition, and I think for the majority of people listening to this podcast do identify as religious, that would be true just based on demographics. Um, there have, there is actually a very deep, uh, strand of this sort of a mysterious interpretation of God. Like you cannot know, you know, you can only make negative statements. Like I don't know the nature of God. God is not this, God is not that. Um, be precisely just, you know, that's embedded in the tradition. Um, and so if you took that viewpoint, you wouldn't be outside of the Christian world. And I could point you, you know, to resources that do that. A lot of the mystics, you know, a lot of the famous mystic voices, such as might have appeared in, in the Middle Ages, uh, have a viewpoint that can be coherent with this. Um, so these are four options for you know, how you relate your beliefs to other people's. I guess a fifth would be, uh, I think science is true and nothing else, period. But that's, I think, sort of, you know, it's not really addressing a lot of questions that that beg for addressing. Like, you know, why are we here and that sort of thing. It's okay if you reserve judgment, 
you know, you're more than welcome to reserve judgment. Uh, but again, when you acknowledge that you have to sort of, I think when you take that view, you have to also acknowledge that there are holes in it, you know, and therefore there is still an element of mystery left. I'm going to wrap it up there. I could talk about this forever. Please let me know, Sarah, if that answered your question. Anybody else, if you have follow-up questions, please do get at me. I would be so happy to continue talking about this. Obviously, it's very, very important. And I think paying attention you know, to the different ways that we can do religion is so important. Uh, and it's not something that is, that is often talked about. So hopefully I can, you know, provide some clarity and help y'all on your journeys. So you can send in a question. If you go to stephanieruber.com slash form, it's anonymous, or you can leave your name, obviously, if you want. Uh, and you can also, you can get to that at the link in my Instagram profile. You can also get at me on Facebook or Twitter at Stephanie Ruper. And this has been episode number 51X of Naked Humanity. So thank you again so much for tuning in and for participating in this question about human nature and how to deal with it in the modern world. I am so grateful. Okay, thanks again. I will talk with you next week.